Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage, this is the Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. with me as always is my brother Frankie. Hello. No, your device is not on fast forward. I just sped through the intro. Because I wanted to get to our main topic today. You're excited. Oh, yeah. A lot to talk about. I did my research. Oh, yeah? You're trying? I posed... I told you last night, I have I have my list of my th- what I think are the three best songs ever written. I have two of three songs. Pop songs. You have two of the three songs on the no, list? I have three. On your I list. my own list, yeah. yeah. Wait, that'd be pop songs? Well, I just mean like... I'm, like I said, I'm not including like Beethoven in it. Yeah. They're just like songs. Just of, songs. Like probably going back to like Elvis. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I went back as far as... Probably I didn't include there. Elvis or the Beatles. I was like looking whatever, through but... evil. I was looking to evil. I was my opinion, Elvis and Beatles, and I didn't think any of them deserved yeah, a spot. But I picked three songs that I do. I did pick three songs. All I wonder right. if we have any that are similar. Should we do it? Like you try and pick my three best songs. I think already? we should. We should go. You should start with your three. Okay. Like your, you like your number three. Okay, and then, then I do my number three, okay. and then you do your number two. So my number three best song. So of this all is time. this is for the, the best song. It's not my the, favorite song. Not favorite song. But I do like all three of these songs. Just a like lot. this is objectively in my the best opinion, song the best ever written. I think it's catchy. I think its so cultural is, significance is really important. So this is exactly what I was looking it's at. It's very popular. When I was doing it, is yeah. had to be catchy. Has to be like a good song that you want to sing along to. Yeah. Has to be I mean, like everyone could, who hears it would be like, I like the song. It's has song. to be popular. Widespread appeal. Still needs to have good like writing and like yes, well like, written. And it's got to be what well you said. Composed. It's got to be like a, have a cultural impact. Yeah. So I have three songs. So I have two songs that I know for a fact are that. Okay. And then one that you just one got. I think maybe my biases. So that's and what it's my, my third. That's what my three is too. It's I. You could argue that it's the the other two are probably more. In I'm, that, on the, I'm on the same page as you. My third song on the list of three best songs of all time is uh, Malibu by Hole. I don't even know that song, so I think you're already wrong. <laughs> it was it reached number three on the Billboard charts. It just was in 1996. Maybe I've heard it and I just don't know. Should we play it? I don't know if we're allowed. Hole. Can we play music on the? Hole on? is the one that sings the song. This is the girl lead singer, right? Yeah, Courtney Love. When I wake up in my makeup, yeah, but that's Celebrity I still, Skin. I used to love that. Malibu song. is off the same album. That album is Celebrity Skin. Malibu is a song on that album. Okay. Malibu reached number three on the Billboard charts, and uh, it's a fantastic song. It's just way more catchy. Play me a little, play a little than, snippet. Than, uh, celebrity skin here. I'll play. Uh, play a little snippet of this. Here we we'll pull it up. It's funny. My number three was actually almost Nirvana. See, there you go. I mean, it makes sense. Both of those had now. The one of the things about the song why I think it has significant cultural implications. The writers, Courtney Love, wrote it, but she wrote it alongside Billy Corrigan of. The Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. and they wrote it for Stevie Nicks, believing that she would want to perform it, but she didn't. She was like, "Fuck this song." No, and she and it goes on to be one of Hole's most popular songs they've ever put out. And I think it's, I know that Courtney Love isn't like a cultural darling now, but at the time when Celebrity Skin as an album was very popular. Nirvana, Courtney Love, the grunge rock scene was so strong. And Courtney was a force. Like, this stuff, this this song is just powerful. So here's a... 
snippet. I think that's a pretty interesting number three pick. All right. I definitely went a different direction. But I said I was close to going Nirvana. Celebrity Skin, just to bolster it, sold millions of albums, really popular and all that. But um, all, whole all-female band, just think that it's a really good, strong, third best song of all time. So, now right. you, so it's interesting. So I was really racking my brain because like, and, like, this list is probably wrong. There are probably songs that I would be like, oh, you know what, that that is better. But I went in a lot of different directions. I went towards, like, the grunge scene. I was like, you know, Nirvana's so, so influential. Nah, didn't really feel it. Then I thought maybe, like, a Greta Van Fleet, uh, a Stevie Nicks, uh, Joan Jett, Janis Joplin. I went to, like, more females. And I, I just... And then it hit me. I don't think I could put compile like the Is three it a best songs. Mac song? No, but I don't think I could have put this list together without putting a Billy Joel song on. Okay, because I think he's legitimately one of the greatest songwriters of all time. That makes sense. And then this is where I let my bias take over, and I I picked my personal favorite song, and I think it's like one of the I do think it's like legitimately one of the greatest songs ever written, and it seems from an Italian restaurant. Oh, <laughs> that song. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's definitely a different take on best song of all time, but I can see how yes. you can make the argument. And it and it's probably similar to Malibu in the sense that like it's not his biggest song. Like but I don't think that's Hole's biggest song. You think that's Hole's biggest song? It's definitely one of his more popular. Like a lot of people really do Every, like yeah. since retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is But it's not piano man. And it is interesting because it, it does do a lot of things different from the traditional like Pop song, yeah, it's very. It was very popular. There's like different sections of it. It's, a, where like, it's what you call a suite or a song that has multiple parts that yeah. over a longer period of time. I specifically didn't. I, I'm assuming this isn't on your list because I feel like it's too. It's definitely not on my list. Bohemian Rhapsody, right? No. Like, yeah, I was like, it's that's not. It's not what we're going for here. Yeah, it's not it. None of my songs are older than so, whole song. They're all okay, that's more recent than that. I think all of mine are older than that song. See, there you go. So, But I kind of looked at it like, I can't pick a song that's written with the intention of being great. Huh. Uh, like, I think when Freddie Mercury's writing Bohemian Rhapsody, I think he's like almost like sucking his dick while he's writing it. Like, dude, this <laughs> song is going to be so good. He's probably sucking someone else's dick. Probably. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, okay. You're number two. Alright, the number two. <clears throat> this is a song that I think you know that I like a lot. And it's... Okay, I'm so. not a fan of the artist, like, as a fan. But whenever I hear this song, I stop what I'm doing and I listen to it. I think I can't... I'm very jealous of this song. Because I feel like it's something that should have been written a long time ago. Like, this hook... And maybe it was. Like, maybe they borrowed it from somewhere. But the hooks of Paparazzi by Lady Gaga is, in my opinion, one of the best hooks... And because it's where it is on this list, in my opinion, the best hook in any song ever written, Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. 
I can't get enough of it. And I, what I really like about it and what I think firms it up is while it is a stupid pop song that's just catchy for clubs or for teenage girls, the fucking depth and, and actual seriousness of the material that she's writing about is actually really decent. And she's making a, a good critique of celebrity culture and pop music and all the things I hate and I have to agree with her on her commentary. And I just think it's a really good song. It is weird that, like, you do have such an affinity for this song. <laughs> I do. I really do like this song. The Hook and Lady Gaga. I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Papa Paparazzi. Baby, there's no other superstar. You know that I'll be your Papa Paparazzi. Promise I'll be kind, but I won't stop until that boy's mine. Baby, you'll be famous. Chase you down until you love me. Papa Paparazzi. Psycho ex-girlfriend, psycho lover, and there's a lot of layers. The lyrics go deep. I'm lost in the crowd. It's magical. And I like that shit. So I give it to Lady Gaga. She has the number two, in my opinion, best song of all time. I don't even know if she wrote that song. I didn't look into like who the actual credits on that song are. But I'd like to think she wrote it. It's really good. Rob Fusari and Stephanie Germanota. There you go. Whoever those people are, it says songwriters. Good job. Those are the two second greatest songwriters. They wrote, those two people are the <laughs> second greatest, in your opinion. Yeah. Okay, so I went very different direction here. Good, good, good. And I think this is where, you, I think you missed it. I think this is actually like. The, the second greatest song of all time. It's America the Beautiful. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Like, it's. Like, the National Anthem sucks, objectively. That song's not great. It's pretty boring. We talked about this in a previous episode. But America the Beautiful is an actually beautiful song. And I... It's one of those things where, like, it's hard to express in modern-day culture and politics when you think about America and, like, how much negative there is going on. Taking the step back and thinking about America for, like, what it actually is, though, from, like, just, like, a landscape... Not what the people are. Fuck the people. I don't care about the people. Just the landscape that is America. How insane it is that we have deserts. We have rainforests. We have mountains. We have beaches and coastal and tropics. We have every different type of land. We have beautiful, beautiful scenery in this great country. And it gets it all. And that song just nails it. And it's like, it makes me like teary eyed. And that song is awesome. So yeah, that I, that to me is like, that's like the second greatest song ever written. Well, I I I mean I can't argue it. It's pretty good. It's a good one. All right, you ready for my number one, the best song in my opinion ever? So written. I'm curious here because I figured you were gonna put Paparazzi one. No, you know what? Paparazzi has long been on that list, and I've always commented, but I've never once thought about it was like the best. And you never thought about like what what would be around it, but. Yesterday I heard this song and I was like, actually, that's better than paparazzi. I'm assuming you fact, didn't. It's the best song ever written. I'm assuming you didn't hear it for the first time. This is something you've no, I've heard a lot, but I, it had been a while since I heard. So it. it's not flowers by Miley Cyrus. But I think history has gone long enough since this song's release that now I can put it where it is on the list because I've seen how culture has changed, but what things have stayed the same, and like what things in pop and hip hop and rap and rock. And, like, how music has changed. But what stays? And, like, what's still good? And I think this song is still good. So I'm just going to read this. 
This song's melody and chorus were taken from a song popularly sung by children with clapping games called Down Down Baby. On the clean version, the word shit is, bla- is backmasked and most of the explicit words are replaced by radio-friendly words and bleep-related sound effects. For instance, the lyrics Street Sweeper Baby cocked in the chorus are replaced with Boom Boom Baby due to its reference to a shotgun. Country Grammar by Nelly is the best song okay. ever written. I, I'm going to let you expand on that. Hot shit! But I will say, that song, our mother used to love that Great song. song. But when it would be played in the car, it was the clean version. Which is ridiculous. It wasn't until I was maybe like 16 that I was like, oh, like I'm going to download country grammar and when i listened to it for the first time in my life not in the clean version <laughs> oh no i was like this what? song is crazy but crazy. yeah dude saint lunatics baby missouri stand up in fact oh hold on wait because google has to give me an ad first um i just think there's so many reasons why it's the best song ever yeah i want to hear you explain why but First, you gotta let the song explain for itself. So, Nelly, please don't sue me for playing this. Also, don't kill me for playing this. I know you're an actual gangster. Hot shit! I love you. We're going Respect down, you. down, baby. Opening in a range over the street. street. Everyone's head bobbing. Okay, so when we're talking about... Oh, it hits so hard. When we're talking about best songs, yeah. my brain went to like... It's like... The 90- lyrics are so good! It's 90s to 2010 hip-hop. Yeah. You can actually take almost any song in that genre, in that decade, and like make an argument that's like, it's one of the best songs ever. The command of 50 Cent's Into Club great might be one of the greatest songs ever written. Like, anything in that... In that, like, era. Now, there's a lot of reasons. I'm going to sum it down to just a few things. Number one, Nelly is fantastic. <laughs> that album is fantastic. Nelly is the most underrated, most influential rapper to ever live, I think. His songs are as good today as they were when you first heard them. And when you first heard them, I think everyone's mistake they make when they hear a Nelly song is to think this is just some superficial, catchy pop song. Nelly is a hardcore fucking gangster rapper. And his shit, it is, I'm a white person. He's so telling like, you. I, I cannot speak. He's telling you what it's like in the, in the <laughs> yeah. ghetto of St. Louis. Yeah, like, By the way, I've driven through St. Louis. Let me tell you. Fuck that city. <laughs> I'm never going back. I was scared. I wanted to just go see the arch. And I'm just driving through. I'm like, oh my God. People live here? <laughs> I can't speak to like hip hop as a art form with any real definitive authority but i can speak to music because i'm a fan of music i've listened to music my whole life i play music casually um that song lyrically is so solid and like funny and good catchy everyone who hears it i think bops to it they think it's everybody knows it and I don't think you, anyone who hears it for that first or second time casually at a barbecue or in a club ever really thinks of it any deeper than that. But you could go so deep into what Nelly is talking about and you arrive at the fact he's obviously talking about drive-by shootings and, like, gang-banging and hardcore terrible shit. Doing but isn't drugs. that the encapsulation of American culture in, like, putting the worst, most grotesque and horrific 
topics into catchy, cutesy, beautiful sugar pop packages and then selling it to white children in mass across the globe to the tunes of billions of dollars. Nelly has done that more successfully than probably any human in history. And not only that, like, is a fucking artist, which is, I'm jealous of again, like, I have to respect art. So like, okay, Lady Gaga didn't write the hook to paparazzi, but man, that is a piece of art. And I can say it for country grammar too. Whoever was in the studio when Nelly was recording it. wrote country grammar. Oh, definitely. But whoever was in the studio with him while he's in the sound booth recording it, looked to whoever else was in the room and said, holy shit, dude, this song, this song is something special. Also, is there a better name for a song? Hot shit. Yeah, country grammar. And you and like you listen to it the first time. I'm telling you, if you're just like a white mom having a pool party, you never think to to stop and be like, "Oh, this what is going on here?" But then, like when you're when you're a 25 year old guy who just wants to listen to some hard hard good music. Are you kidding? my list and not only that like i always when i would write poems more frequently one of the things that i enjoy about poetry and and hip-hop and music is the ability to like get people to relate to things just by your written or spoken word that they wouldn't even be able to relate to in their own personal life it's just your ability to communicate it and i think that nelly communicates his lived experience in his art in a way that like again someone like me who's never had the ability to like experience it can listen to that song and be like holy shit I know exactly what Nelly's talking about even though I how would I've, I I've <laughs> never experienced anything that he's talking about yet I feel like I'm on the streets of St. Louis <laughs> um I like your list I think your list is good I think mine is better and well, here's why okay because you you actually did miss the greatest song ever written <laughs> damn it and Listen, the 80s were full of gems. Just these bands that would pump out ballads. Like, we're talking ballads. Yeah. And the best song ever written has to be a ballad. And there's no better ballad that you could play. You can go to a prom and play it. You can go to a wedding and play it. You could be at a bar and play it. You could just be home listening to it. You could be driving and play it. And it will have... It will have an impact on everybody in that room, whether it's just you or a group of people. And it's it's Don't Stop Believing" oh, by no, Journey. That Dude, that <laughs> song is... That's on my list of worst songs ever no, written. No, that's, that's the greatest song ever written. If there were a list of songs to delete from the memory of humanity... No, it's I the best one. Don't it's Stop the best one. On there. It's the best one. Well, you're a big fan of season six of The Sopranos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, makes sense. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Th- think about that. That's why. That's how the big, cultural how big of a cultural moment was the last episode of The Sopranos. The very last moment of Sopranos is we, don't, don't stop, stop believing. believing. You know how much they paid to get the license for that song? Didn't talk about like the talent on that song, like singing that song. Oh, 
That's the greatest song I've written. You had me on Mass Appeal. It's probably sold a shit ton of records. Um, don't. It's catchy as fuck. Don't stop. I mean, maybe it is. How am I to say no? You can't. You can't say it's not. But what would you say to someone who comes out and says, well then, Freebird. Freebird's not as catchy. I think Freebird is an argument, but it's not, it's not don't stop believing. You can't play Freebird. Like, you put Freebird on, and half the room is going to be like, ah. <laughs> No. But I'm telling you, go, just next week, find a group of people. If you see a group of people, just play Don't Stop Believing on your phone and see what happens. I'm going to start a club for people who hate the song Don't Stop Believing and want... You're a member of one. <laughs> if there's one, it is me. <laughs> Dude, that song is beloved. Well, I'm glad we did that. That was a good exercise. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I did have a an honorable mention that okay. didn't make my list, but I forgot what it was, so I want to look at it. All right. Um, my honorable mention for... Yeah, I didn't put any indie rock songs on my list. Oh, wait, I didn't write it down? What was it? Oh, it was a Beatles song. It was going to be Yesterday. And I, I do feel like that's a, a bit of a cop-out. You think the Beatles have written one of the greatest songs of all time? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, so I was looking at a list, and it had Imagine as the second greatest yeah, song ever. Get out of here. Who said that's and one I, of the worst songs ever written? That's what I thought. I was that like, goes well, that's. right up there with Don't Stop Believing. I was like, why does, why does John Lennon get the number two spot ever? Like, John Lennon, really? <laughs> yeah, it was him. You're telling, me, you're telling me. The guy that everyone thinks was the greatest he leaves, wrote it. He leaves the Beatles and then just writes the greatest yeah, song ever? No. On his own? No. That's how I feel like. Yeah, we all know the Beatles were great, but is the greatest band of all time right the greatest song of all time? What are the odds? No, I agree. But I, I think it's one of. I think you can make... And it's... Like, Yesterday's not even in my top five Beatles songs, but I'm just saying from like a... Like, you look at them and you go, well, it's Yesterday, you know? But like, there's... Like, like Eleanor Rigby's like... Eleanor I like Rigby. a... I think it's a better song. <laughs> but I can't sit here and actually make an argument that not Eleanor Rigby is... Not as Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. ...is like the greatest song ever written. I'm your biggest fan. I am a little bit disappointed to know that two... Anonymous people wrote that song because they really should have, you know, should have got the credit. the The hardest part to me about that exercise is like my favorite genre of music didn't even come anywhere near. Like I love pop punk music, but like that that genre will never. Oh, I actually have an honorable mention too. It'll never produce a song that I think you can even argue as the but greatest see, song ever written. Here's why. Here's why. It's not on the list. Why it's just an honorable mention because the it's not the original. That's the best version of the song. Oh, it's, so I feel like it disqual- disqualifies it. Are you talking about Whitney Houston? No. Oh, it's because we actually talked about that song. It's the Fuji's rendition of "Killing Me Softly." Okay. Uh, which I'm about to play after this another intrusive Google ad. Do you remember the days when people were like, they'd never make Google ads mandatory on all your videos? Every video. Every video. Oh boy. <laughs> We're gonna, like this this podcast. Never What's her name? Up. The girl from Sister yeah, yeah. Act Two. Yeah, I love her oh, so I no much. Idea. I love her so much. She's awesome though. With his Look at that. Doesn't it just feel like 1998 when you see that? Yeah. What's the original? Roberta Flack. Roberta. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was their song. Look how good it is. My other, the other song I thought about. Wyclef Jean? Um, 
Oh my god, it just left me. No! Come back! It's gone. Mm. Unfortunate. Softly what were we talking about? Words. What were we talking about right before then? Like as we were as you were playing that, what were we talking about? You had your honorable. You talked about your honorable man. Yeah, it was you the Beatles one. About then... pop punk and country, country music. You're saying stuff about that. I did try to think of a country song, but I just no. I think I think the best song of all time has to come from a genre that's mainstream, and I don't think country is a mainstream genre. It's close, but I don't think it's Dude, what song was just I was I just thinking about and now it's just gone out of my head. That's crazy. It's gonna irritate me. Sweet Caroline? Hall and Oates. I think like Rich Girl. <laughs> I think I don't think it's really up for consideration. But I do want to just say what a great song that is. What about um You're a Rich Girl? What about Toto's Africa? If there's like the most ironic, that's like an ironic song. Yeah, yeah, time. that song is more like people the most hate, ironic. Like to say it's not good, but it's really good. You know what? All right, if you were making a list of most ironic greatest songs of all time, it's that. It's on my way by Rusted Root. Oh my god! Uh, people love that weird song. Wait, you ever see? Uh, do you see? And then "Summertime" by Mogo Jerry. Is that his name? Do you know the artist uh, Sting? Yeah, from the, the police, musician, the musician, the musician. Yeah, thing. yeah. Do you he see what he fucks said last forever? Night? That's like the whole thing about Snake. He, like, he's alive. Ago. Yeah, he came out and did this whole thing about how Zelensky's a piece of shit. Oh, cool! <laughs> how he hates Ukraine. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's like on stage, like in the middle of concerts, like just so everyone here knows, like, yo, fuck Ukraine. <laughs> it's crazy. Is he canceled now? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't think you can can. How do you cancel Sting? It's not even close to one of the most controversial things I think he's ever said. I didn't know he's still touring. <laughs> I guess he is. Yeah. Does he tour as the police or does he no, tour as sing, Sting? But he probably sings all the police. Roxanne! <laughs> Greatest song ever <laughs> wins. <laughs> Roxanne. I mean, it might be. You gotta put Message a in the bottle. Come on. That song sucks. Do, 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 do. No. Alright, I'm done. That's all. whole that's okay. episode. Good episode. <laughs>
Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. I is just, it after I just the, hit the button. Is it after the squirt sports? It can be. Welcome to After the Squirt Sports. I'm Frankie. With me is my brother, Sal. This is the very random podcast after the podcast where sometimes we talk sports. Um, we haven't done a traditional episode where there's like an After the Squirt Sports after the squirt. I feel like that's probably the most frequent format. Outside no, of I'd say the most frequent is chaos. nothing. Yeah. Um... There's a lot of sports. That's what's so great okay. about it. Right off the bat. Also, wait. I wanted to say... I thought about this earlier, so I want to say it. Because now it's in my head. I am I appreciate that ever since we started this podcast, the Miami Dolphins have become the most interesting franchise in American sports. I, I think about it almost daily. <laughs> we started the podcast, and then Stephen Ross and Chris Greer decided to make the Miami Dolphins the only thing that anyone will ever talk about in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are trying to make a conversation. Dude, I think about it almost daily that I'm like, in what world did I step into when, like, being a Yankee fan is like, like, I don't give two shits about the team that I care about the most. Because the Dolphins have taken that over by being like, there's always going to be news about us. Uh, your quarterback is always going to be talked about for some reason. Even though he's just like a normal guy, he's like pretty good. He's like not great, but he's also not bad. But we're gonna talk about him like he's the worst thing ever created. Uh, your owner is just gonna try to help your team do well, but Hall we're gonna Fame treat players him. dying again in the door. It's crazy, <laughs> dude. We just like retired Mike Pouncey. That was awesome. <laughs> so wild. And they're just like, yeah, he's gonna retire a Dolphin. I was like, okay. Sweet. I felt like he had spent more time as like a Steeler or no like way. other teams, but no, he's a Dolphin. That's sick. You see all the rumors with Laramie Tunsil. Apparently he's gonna be traded. Trade, get him back here. <laughs> trade him back. <laughs> Can he play right tackle? Yeah, why not? Or do you make him a guard? No, he would. He would play left tackle probably. You can't play left tackle. You have Teron Armstead. Oh yeah. Where is he going? He ain't playing right tackle. He's the vet. He's he ain't going nowhere. Um, Dolphins trade for uh, another Jalen. Dude, we have three Jalens, and none of them are did spelled the my, same. Did you see the Spider-Man Jalen meme I posted? No. It's the, po- it's the post it's where the three Spider-Man Spider-Mans are pointing at each other, they're and they're Jaylen. all Jalen, but the different yeah, they're like it's Jalen Waddle is J-A-Y-L-E-N, which is my least favorite of, of the, the Jalens. I think my that's, be- He's my most favorite player of the Jalens. He's my second favorite Jalen. I'm a Jalen Phillips guy. That's my favorite spelling. J-A-E-L-A-N? That's horrible. That's how it's spelled. No one should spell it like that, but that's why I like it. So then you got J, and then Jalen Ramsey is my least favorite Jalen, just by the fact that I don't know you. You're new. You got to earn that spot. J a l e n, the probably the most like most common. I think we need another Jalen. We should have drafted Hertz over to it. Yeah, just so we could have more Jalens. Yeah, the mistake was not having another Jalen. Yeah, every and I like to it, but like every position must be fielded by a player named Jalen. Dude, I've been thinking about it. I want to name my kid Jalen. It's like such a good name. It's a route to the Miami Dolphins. And it's very diverse. Like, Jalen Phillips, Waddle, and Ramsey, all three are very different. Like, Well, different character. I feel like Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Waddle kind of look alike. Jalen Ramsey looks like a taller, more muscular, handsomer Jalen Waddle. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I like Jalen Ramsey. He dude, dude, he's awesome. The guy's <laughs> awesome. Never thought he'd be a dolphin. This I didn't want. I wanted to say about the free agency stuff, but 
that trade, when it was first, like, months ago, when it was like, Jalen Ramsey might might be out of uh, L.A. It's like, oh, we should trade for Jalen Ramsey. And it was like, yeah, it's never going to happen. And then there was just no buzz about Jalen Ramsey at all for months, and then all of a sudden it was just like, he's a dolphin. <laughs> I know. I know, it's pretty crazy. Oh, did you see the video that came out of him the day before announcing that he was leaving the Rams? No. So it was the day before the trade. He was doing like a panel at South by Southwest, and he was with uh, the redheaded girl from ESPN, uh, Rachel Nichols or whatever her name is. And she's like, I'm here with Jalen Ramsey, and he's got he's got some news. What do you guys say, Jalen? But this video didn't get posted until after the trade went. And he was like, I ain't going to be a Ram anymore. And she's like, no. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm free, so someone, some teams can come get me. And this is the day before. But he had already knew he, wa- like, he knew he was going to the Dolphins. And he was just talking about how, you know, I want to go somewhere that's got good culture. They're ready to win. Maybe some young players. Maybe some vets. Maybe down in a state where there's no taxes. Somewhere warm. So now there's rumors that Poyer's coming too. Poyer's been up. Like, he's been rumored. Like, I, I've no, I feel like he's, like, a lock. We had a writer today for the USA Today come out and say that he thinks it's already done. But there's been no real big reporters that have come out and said it. Get so. me a right tackle. Get me a running back. That's it. I don't even need linebackers. If we we're just no, going to have... We have no tight ends. I think we're going to get Kasiki back. He hasn't been signed yet. I mean, it's... Few, only a few hours into the first. That's what I was going to say about how weird... The the difference between MLB and the NFL... That's why NFL is king. Like They do everything right. They do the draft right. They do the combine. They have their, the way their free agency works with the, the, tamp, the legal tampering period. All of it is so much better done than baseball. Baseball free agency starts and no one is signed for weeks. Yeah, because they just start talking. Base, football, it's like, alright, people can be signed, and it's like, this deal's happening, this deal's happening. And it just makes for like a more fun uh, hot stove, and it's just better done. Today's been pretty quiet compared to years past. I don't know, I feel like I saw a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the, the take that it does it does put the Dolphins firmly in the Super Bowl contender conversation. I'm excited. Just give me just give me the football season. If you put if you I mean, with or without Poyer, your defense looks like, and no one's talked about this aspect of it that I've heard. But when you pair Ramsey and Howard, but also Holland, and you get Brandon Jones back. Yeah, you can move all those guys around the defense to Correct. pretty much anywhere you want them to be. Correct. Like literally, line them up, and that's what Fangio likes to do. Fangio likes moving pieces. Ramsey's a guy who likes to play everywhere. Like we may see snaps this year where you have Holland and Poyer playing like linebacker. You have don't don't, not, don't, don't even factor Poyer into it. Okay. Okay, without even factoring him, there might be times where you have Ramsey and Holland playing like pseudo linebacker positions. You have Xavier and Howard playing in like a slot, and then you get 
Brandon Jones playing like free safety. If you get Jones back for training camp, like they like, it seems like he's going to be ready for. I mean, that you're going to be you're being the money. Yeah, you're you're people don't even know. He's still name. in depth. People don't even know Brandon Jones's name, but he was he's probably the best blitzing. He's probably the most secondary player. He's one of the, the most. He's one of the most impactful players on our defense. Yes, he made a lot of it work last year. Even when a lot of the pieces started going down. Yeah, you just got to hope that Fangio utilizes him the right way. If we really look at how the season went, before Brandon Jones got hurt, there were a lot of injuries that had already taken the defense. And then we were and surviving. And we it together. Yeah. As soon it as really Brandon was, Jones went down, it... That was the end of it. Well, I noticed that Brandon Jones, I don't know what he does. I don't know if it's the way he disguises it when he's coming in. But they tried doing it with Holland. And Holland just never... He got it once, I think. He, he like, a, never... He blitz. It just felt like he never got to the quarterback. Like, Didn't he get to Herbert? Brandon Jones finished... Every time you sent him in, he was causing havoc. Yeah, no one can stop Brandon Jones. No. Like, it looked obvious, but he's... But it, he's it, just there. Maybe it's just good instincts, I don't know, but... So... That would be a big piece to have. And then in, and then in baseball land, you have the World Baseball Classic, which is electric. Except, I don't know, man. USA sucks. That's okay. But, see, here's the way I look at it. They look bored. All right. They didn't come in with the energy I thought they would. First of all, we don't have a pitching staff on this team. No, they're bad. It's crazy we don't have a pitching But it's okay. Like, it's an exhibition for our team. Like, I look at it. It's an exhibition for everyone. It is an exhibition for everyone, but the intensity that these Hispanic teams bring, I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let one of them win it. Who the fuck cares? If you really want to grow the sport of baseball... You want one of them to win. Oh, yeah. I told you last night. I, I rethought... MLB because I hate MLB the way the World Baseball Classic is playing and functioning proves that you don't need a pitch clock oh I don't, don't know need... I actually disagree I don't know man dude last night I was watching that U- the USA game and it was the game was th- almost three hours old and it was just going into the seventh and I was like what are we doing here? I've solved... like, this game is brutal but see I've solved that problem game because is I think outside the box because all you dumbasses have a pitch clock and that's the wrong all way right, to how do you about. fix it then well first I've integrated the solution to this problem into my revamping of the MLB in general so we have to go all the way to the beginning there's a big plot there's a big fundamental shift in how baseball is played not just in the United States but around the world okay let's hear it. the main league for baseball is always and will always be the MLB. Every team that forms with the intention of playing baseball wants to play in the MLB. Whether you're in Japan, if you're in Korea, if you're in the Europe. Yeah, yeah whatever it is. Okay. Australian. With that in mind, the thirty two MLB teams start as the thirty two MLBs B teams at the beginning. We've talked about this like relegation. With like relegation with the minor leagues. I factored that but you in. want to do this. But the way for year, we're just like imagine year one of the new MLB system that we're implementing. So in year one, all thirty-two MLB teams get, get to dissolved. be no, no, no. They are they start as the thirty-two MLB teams. But every minor league team in the United States and every professional team around the globe can enter the MLB tournament every single year. Okay. Okay. So the MLB tournament is played in in three phases. The first phase is an 82-game pseudo-exhibition seeding season. And the 32 teams that qualify for the tournament, so it's the best of the 32 professional baseball teams in the world, every year will play. Oh, wait, you have to go back. I'm sorry. I'm, yes. I'm a little tired. Bear with me. 
I got stuck on the pseudo exhibition thing. Sure. Just say that again. All right. So think of it this way: if you're looking for the N- the, dub- the NCAA tournament, yes. If you're, let's say, Duke, uh-huh. you treat the regular season of the NCAA basketball season differently than a lower mid-major team yeah. that really needs if to you're make Earl the tournament. Roberts, you're, you're you take you got, every game yes. seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the for the Yankees, you probably don't take the 82 game regular season super seriously. Are we changing the, the games in the regular season? It's 82. It's an 82 game pseudo exhibition regular season. It's the got regular it. season. There's no spring training. We've eliminated spring training. It starts in March. You, you all come. Well, before, I don't know where this idea is going. I feel like I have an idea, but if baseball it gets played every day anyway, you might as well treat it more like soccer and make it this like longer season but with breaks and different tournaments yeah, going on exactly. with promotions and different things because dude that's the only thing that makes soccer fun is like well it's we hey no one's playing anymore the fa cup is going on we got fa cup matches this week and like the guy so yeah okay all right so in this 82 game pseudo regular season that starts in march the 32 teams that have qualified Based on the year before, but in season one, it'll start with the 32 MLB teams. Play a very loose schedule based on where they ended last year of teams comparable to them. And then some, like, it sort of would work like the NCAA where, like, each team would be responsible for scheduling. A spring training, like, you have to get 82 games in. And it's up to you to, like, schedule your... Yeah. You can schedule all terrible teams. You can schedule some good teams. But we're going to, at the end of the season, look at those 82 games. And based on your win percentage and strength of schedule, the top 32 move on, essentially. So, like, the third... Not the top 32 move on, but, like... Yes, the top 32 move on, but... The top 32 is the... it's in the, year one, the top thirty-two is kind of already set. It's always gonna. It's, you can't move right in. now. It's the Yankee. That's the major league team. Yes, got it. But right. going forward, it, it will can change. change. But right now, yes. got it. Like the okay. Pirates could fucking end yes. up in the minors. Yes, yes. And like the Napalm Eagles might end up in the MLB next year, and that would complicate the tournament because there's gonna be travel. But that's gonna be okay because we're gonna. Because when we move into continue, all right. So, so linearly, sta- linearly in stage one though. The game, since they're not as intense, there is a three and a half hour in my like max. Book. Yes, it could go as low as three hours, but like the games need to be finished in that time frame. So, like if you're playing, and it's a hard end, like there's no bottom of any inning, like the time. So that it's a one-two be- count on this guy. It's over when it's- the time stops. Now I like that because it'll change the strategy at the end of these games. If teams want to speed up or if teams want to slow down, you could down. slow down. You could be like. We're winning, and there's no reason for us to... You know, it's funny. We actually we actually did that this past season in our men's league, because our men's league games are the same thing. We rarely ever come against the clock, but at the end of the day, it's a hard clock. Yeah. Like, there's no... Yeah. It's like, there's another team coming onto this field. Like, we're done. Yeah. So you have to be like, hey, guys, we're losing. We gotta get, get these okay. outs quick, and we gotta get back up, and... Yeah. I like that shit. Yeah. And in the 82-game season, it doesn't really fucking matter, because at the end of the day, you're just playing for seeding. So like, and especially if you're what about ties? Ties just count ties will as factor like, in. Yeah. Okay. Now, you might get a lot of that, but again, there's so many teams when you're just trying to whittle down. It might be as many as 150 teams could qualify each year to to maybe try to be one of those 32 teams that get into the dance. 
But after the 82-game season and everyone's seeded, you still have an AL and NL. Mm-hmm. So one bracket plays and the other black bracket plays, and you're kind of alternating the schedule of seven-game series. And it's a double elimination round robin. Now, I haven't done the math on how it's so 32. That, that would mean you can lose two seven, one seven-game series, and you're still in it. You're still in it. And there's breaks in between series, and there's each series would be shown like a playoff game, and we don't have to play every team at a time. And while teams aren't playing, they could play like eliminated games against teams. Like if they want to just keep like a, they could send like split squads or whatever to keep their team fresh. But we're trying to show intense matches like the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, like you. I mean, if you're gonna have sixteen on one side, sixteen on the other, it's gonna take a while. You break each side though into a couple pools. You do an around robin double elimination tournament. I don't know if you could do seven game series. Maybe not. It might have to be five. But however it goes, yeah, I don't know how long that schedule would be. You can't go less than five. But hopefully, but I don't know if you can get seven. That's that tournament should be whittled down to four teams. I'm hoping on two on each side by the end of the summer. Okay. And then what you do is you play essentially two division tournaments. So like let's say the MLB in the future, instead of a national league and an American league, it's like the international league and the national league or whatever. Like the American league and the international league. However, you want to break it down. But they're both trying to whittle it down to, like, the best on either side. I think you'd do it like at the NCAA tournament. Just do it by regions. Maybe. I mean, we could blow this thing out. It could, be, yeah. it could be 64 teams. I'm starting with 32 because that's what the MLB is now. But, like, who knows how many teams we can get involved. But when that schedule is whittled down to the end of the season, you have this, the Fall Classic World Series between the two best teams. And that is a traditional seven-game single Elimination series, the two best teams at the end of the tournament get to try for the world championship of baseball. That's played every three, every every year for three years. And then on the fourth year, that's when the World Baseball Classic has. And that's just a traditional international-style tournament where countries submit their best teams to play in a so single that's world, tournament. That's your World Cup. And you take the MLB season completely off that year. Which, the hardest part about that is for the MLB players... They're not going to like taking the year off, but they, we got to find a way to integrate. I don't think it's a year off. Just make the World Baseball, World Baseball Classic longer. Yeah, just yeah, make the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. And then you get the seriousness in the World Baseball Classic. As well. And it should be like, hey, look what I just did for the past three years. Like, all right, here's what you do. Because I've always thought this, right? Like, Mark DeRosa right now is managing the USA team. Yeah. Well, instead of that, it's like, you are hiring, you should have, a coach should be hired for that team. You're not like a... Coach K was, like, the coach of the Dream Team. Yeah. But he was, he was, like, the coach of just, like, USA men's basketball. There should be a coach for USA men's baseball. There should be a coach for... And those guys get to decide. Like, it's not, oh, I'm volunteering or not volunteering. It's everyone is eligible in the league. You can declare what country you're eligible for, but you have to declare a country. You can't be like, oh, I'm out, unless you're hurt. And it's almost like a draft. Like, that coach is putting together the best possible team he can. And there's incentives. Incentives. Like, you get paid for that. And most guys are going to be able to find teams to go play for. And the guys who don't, I don't know, figure it out. Take the year off. You get yeah. paid. So, that was my idea for changing the baseball season. I like it. I mean, it's a little complicated. Yeah, we so take... I, like, I don't know if there's a way to transition to that. And I don't know, like, if the timing of it works. It would change everything. It would change how players get paid. It yeah, would change everything, contracts. Everything would so, I mean, it'll never happen, obviously. <laughs> but... It is fun to think about because... But isn't that better than a pitch clock? I just think baseball needs to be different. 
I don't think it like. It's more fun watching. We the are stuck. World Baseball Classic. We are games. stuck in a in like this time where sports are just it's a season and then a championship. They don't have to be that way. That's just what they were created as. Like we can make them anything we want. Like we can make we can make every year just a big tournament with teams. We can make every year a season and then at the end then a tournament. Like there's ways to do it. Like it doesn't have have to be the way it is. Like, we talk about, listen, college basketball owns this month. Owns it. Like, what they do with that tournament, the bracket, the amount of people that fill it out, the talk that it gets. Why? Because it's different. It's just, it. no one else does it that way, and it's fun. And the games are fast and, and, and get, electric. And you got ten of them going on at once, and all the scores are on the screen. You can switch. You can go to each one. You get the crazy upsets. Yeah, it's fun. Also, the Mexican team yesterday spanking us. It was hilarious. Like, I, I don't mind. Like Dude, I said Joey before, Manessis. Like, so good. I don't mind. He's like 30. I don't he made his debut last year with the Nats. Letting at 30. The United States show how baseball's in decline in America. Because it's better for the game that it's our, taken over by people who like it. Our, yeah, I agree. Like, we need more Spanish players in the in the majors. And there's already a lot. And we yeah. need more. Because it's fun for them. Because they, they enjoy, enjoy the it, sport. It's fun to like, watch them this, play. Yeah. I want to watch really good... Like, it I almost seems what like, your nationality is. If you enjoy the game of baseball, you're a friend of mine. Like, I... The players like, who play the game with passion and Like, fun, if I was like, Team USA, it almost feels like Team USA came in, like, oh, we're supposed to be the best, so we, we gotta treat this like a business trip. We're caught buttoned up, and we go and win games. When they should have treated it like, this is so hey, much fun, look how much fun these guys are having. Fun. Let's be, like, assholes. Like, let's... But when you know we had homers, that attitude. We, why? Because 42-year-old stick-up-his-ass Wainwright is the, cat, is the fucking... In that clubhouse. I mean, maybe. I just think it's... It's just different. We just have a different culture here. I also just think, like, I've long said this, and why baseball will eventually be overrun. Think about kids who, not the kids who play, like, these travel leagues and are playing 150 games a season, like, organized. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, kids who just play normal little league, play normal school season, and they, and, like, they're good, but their parents don't have, like, a ton of money, so they're not playing in these crazy leagues, and they, they're trying to make it that way. You are getting so few at bats, yeah. Compared to these kids in Puerto Rico and the Dominican, when they finish school, they go to a field. Whereas, like, all right, maybe some of our kids go to like play basketball because like that's an easy game to play pickup. No one's getting out of school and going to play a, a full game of hardball or multiple. Yeah, these kids are getting out and, like they put playing, hours until the dark, and they just play that. baseball. They play well, real baseball. Well, actually, that's what it used to be like. That's not even what it's like anymore. Now, every MLB team has, in every one of these Spanish-speaking countries, we say, in every Stop poor going neighborhood, to yeah, we say, they literally kidnap don't children go to and school. put them into baseball camps. Jason Dominguez, how old are you? You're going to play baseball. <laughs> we heard you're good. At this point, we've turned it into like a Henry Ford production line in South America. Dude, these we like... Just put, we essentially put bags over the dude, heads Robinson, of Robinson Cano built... An entire, like, academy yeah, for they've, kids. They've plowed all the sugar cane, and they've built baseball fields, and they've and they've locked the gates. And the dads are like, go send my son. And their fields are like... Get him to the United States. Their fields States. are awful. Like, they're, like, so patchy. 
They don't care. They play baseball. And that's what the way it should be, honestly. If I mean, America had any pride, we'd be doing that here. I agree. But we don't. No. We send our kids to these stupid batting cages with asshole dads who burnt out. And fucking, yellow, fucking yellow squishy balls out of a machine that does we this. We ruin their confidence. And then if they want to succeed, pay me thousands of dollars for this travel team. <laughs> Fuck off. But, you know, it's fine. It's a lost art. So is that all the sports we've been talking about? Uh, you see the Bruins? You see what the Bruins are doing? Fastest team ever to 50 wins. Uh, I I don't know how I could care less about something more than, than hockey? Boston's hockey success. I actually like it because I think it's funny. I think it's funny that now that the Patriots like haven't been to a Super Bowl, <laughs> the Red Sox aren't good. It's like they, they, they're still a championship city, no doubt about it. Way more than but, we are. They have to be like, well, our hockey. Isn't it weird that I know it sucks that it's only in the off season, but it is weird that every off season we are, the Dolphins feel like we're on the verge of changing everything. Can you imagine if we won the Super Bowl? I'd never look at football again. I'd weep. I'd weep openly. Bears Dolphins Super Bowl. I'm calling it. No Dolphins news. That's why I just checked. Alright, I think we're good. We can go into the podcast. Alright. I'm worried. 